All right, let's rock and roll. Hey, little pause for Jake right here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bold Sidebar. This is your host, Jeff Horn. This is going to be a quick show. This is a little bit of an encore because listeners requested that my friend and attorney neighbor, Steve Hernandez, who was on this show just a short while ago, and he's our DUI, DWI expert, come back and answer this question. So Steve, you spent a lot of time and a lot of money building up your capabilities as an expert in DUI. Can you give us a story or two where you were able to use your skills and successfully walk somebody out of the courthouse? Yes, thank you, Jeff. uh, so a few years, here's the first one, a few years back, I had a DUI in a client in Mon- when the Monmouth County Municipal Courts, uh, and she was a repeat offender, she was a third offender, and she had a very high BAC, um, and she had been pulled over for erratic driving, the officer smelled an odor of alcoholic beverage on her. Uh, had her step out of the car and to do field sobriety tests. I immediately noticed on the video that she had a swollen knee. Um, and the officer attempted to do some field sobriety tests on her, um, but I think he too recognized that she had some um, deficiencies there. Um, <coughs> so he did, he did field sobriety tests that do not require standing or walking. Um, she was then arrested, she brought back to the police department, and um, she did her breath test. She blew extremely high. Uh, she was what we'd probably call a, a professional alcoholic. Um, so uh, I got the discovery, and I got the video. And the video from the patrol car has a camera that's mounted to the dashboard, a dash cam. Dash cam. And the officer wears a microphone, like a wireless mic, that syncs with the dash cam. And when an officer comes into a police department, he's supposed to take that off. All right? Because the um, uh, uh, remote items like that can, exi- can, can, um, can uh, give off radio frequency interference signals that could possibly affect a breath test. Now, the case law says that the alcohol test is well-shielded, from radio frequency interference, but nevertheless, that operators must take out uh, portable electronic devices just to make sure. Um, the officer left this on, and of course, in his police report, had indicated that he had removed all portable electronic devices from the room, but he had failed to take off his mic, and we heard the whole breath testing procedure on the microphone because he had never turned it off right. either. Um, and that was our proof that she did not, that he did not remove the item from the room, number one. Uh, and then based on that, they weren't able to use the breath test. They would then have to fall back on her field sobriety tests or other observations impairment, but they were so limited. And I was able to uh, explain to the prosecutor uh, that the tests that they did do were would be inadmissible in court because they were more scientific in nature would require an expert witness to come in, and therefore they had to throw out this woman's DWI. 
um, Interesting. Uh, saving her from a tenure loss license and a um, and a six month jail sentence. The good news is she's uh, seems like she's doing a good job in recovery. Um, uh, Thanks for that. So that's 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 a um, that's a recent example. Um, well, that one was a was probably my highest reading ever. Um, I've had other cases where. You know the other the officer, for example, pulled somebody over for for some sort of bad driving. Now the the best cases, of course, are where they're pulled over for a um, an equipment violation rather than a moving violation. Oh, okay. Um, because there's what's no what's an there's example? No of like a broken tail light. Okay. The um, old broken tail light. Or a, a Christmas tree air fresher hanging from the. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, River mirror, mirror, yeah. Because those aren't moving violations and aren't indicative of some kind of bad okay. driving. Gotcha. But I, those are those are far and few between. So uh, I represented a, a woman who did some some poor driving in uh, Seaside Heights, going many years back. And um, the officer had her do field sobriety tests and. Um, conclusion. Oh, and during those field sobriety tests, the walk and turn, which is a heel to toe uh, walking, you walk nine steps heel to toe, um, kind of like a tandem walking with their hands at their side. When they get their ninth step, they turn around using a small series of steps and walk back nine heel to toe steps. Um, she didn't do too well on those tests. She was wearing very high heel boots. It was winter. Uh, she was nervous. Uh, and um, she did poorly. Uh, the officer, she also did a one leg stand where she stands with her foot raised, one foot raised, six inches parallel to the ground, um, and, and hold it there for 30 seconds. Again, she didn't do too well on that test either. Um, she blew in the two range, 0.22. Um, so almost three times the limit. Almost three times the legal limit. And she was brought back for a breath test. Um, during this field sobriety test, by the way, she, uh, the officer gave her a chance to do it again. And she took her boots off, and it was cold and it's wintering, and she broke down sobbing in the middle of the uh, test. Um, uh, and had difficulty completing it, well, the officer said because she was impaired, and I said because she was sobbing and couldn't do it. Um, and uh, at the end of that trial, we actually had to try the case. The breath test was deemed inadmissible uh, due to some mistakes made by uh, the state. And that left the state only with the field sobriety test, and the judge wasn't convinced that based on the officer's testimony that it was due to impairment. Um, so she was found not guilty, and that was a second offender. Um, Any important details regarding why the breath test was thrown out? Uh, the state had admitted the wrong discovery and evidence, and they couldn't undo it. Really? Yes. Um, a uh, another example 
uh, of, a, of, a, of a great trial was up in Secaucus in around 2013. Had a gentleman who had been involved in a motor vehicle accident where the car had flipped. Airbags had been deployed. Um, and the state police showed up. And they did field sobriety tests after determining he had been drinking. And he blew a point one two one three somewhere in that area. Uh, the average is between a one one and a one five, I find. So he was in the average range, but still over the legal limit. Um, and we we tried this case as well uh, over three consecutive days uh, in Secaucus, and we brought in an expert witness that day. And uh, this was probably a, a best example of where my training came into play. Where during my training we learned that there are certain signs of impairment that officers always check off. Watery bloodshot eyes, slurred speech, uh, thumbing hands, you know, inability to do the field sobriety test. Well, you know, through my studies and, and training we learned that slurred speech doesn't set in for most people until a very high BAC which is well above his, his range. His average right? range, yeah. Right, it was, and, um, and watery bloodshot eyes is not an indicator of drunk driving. All right, there, the, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has, has determined that that should not be considered because there are so many things that cause watery bloodshot eyes. Allergies, working conditions, environmental conditions, stuff like that. So, um, and this guy had just been hit in the face with an airbag. <laughs> and he had the older type of airbag, which had the talc in it oh, as wow. well. Yeah. Um, and he'd been involved in an accident. Sure. Um, so we got the breath test thrown out. Um, there certainly was probable cause to arrest. But in this case, the judge was early on, it seemed like we were in sync. He, he understood where I was going with this case. As a matter of fact, when we had my expert on the stand, the judge would interrupt me, stop me, and ask a question himself, and it always seemed to be my next question. So literally, mm. it was, he understood where so I was the, going. So the judge knew his stuff. Uh, he either knew his stuff, or, or the, the, I, I think the expert, the expert was just really connecting with him. Yeah. Um, Do you remember and, the name of that expert? Oh, yes, I yeah. use him all the time, What's Kevin the Flanagan. Kevin Flanagan. Highly recommend him. He's a retired state trooper. Um, and um, field sobriety tests were, were average. All right? They weren't, uh, by no means did he, did he quote-unquote pass any of them. Right. But they weren't outright failures either. Okay. And I hate to use the word pass or failure yeah. because our case law says that police can't say that someone passes or fails. But, you know, they still do. <laughs> um, um, and uh, but I was able to show that that due to the accident, uh, the injury to his his head through my training, uh, uh, that he would not have been a prime candidate for field sobriety testing, and therefore when the breath test was thrown out, and this is 2013, I cannot remember on what grounds uh, we got the breath test um, thrown out on. Um, uh, the state didn't have the observations of impairment, the physical observation of impairment to fall back on, and the judge uh, gave a directed verdict of not guilty in that case. Um, 
the best way we find, the, the, the most common way we win DUIs is when <coughs> a subject does not do field sobriety tests at all. They refuse to do them, although the state can use that as, a, as a, a, an adverse inference uh, mm -hmm. against the defendant. Um, or when they have prior medical issues, uh, prior back injuries, prior okay. leg or foot injuries, surgery, ACLs, torn ACLs, that type of stuff. Uh, and then you find some deficiency in the, the alpha test. And usually it's a discovery failure, but every now and then we get videos where the officer doesn't follow all the procedures necessary to get a good breath test. And when you couple that with the inability to convict based on physical observations, um, you get a not guilty or, or a dismissal. The most common and, and easiest cases to win are those involving blood draws. Because even though they're more accurate than an alpha test than a breath test, um, it's harder to prove it. There's more there's more people you have to get involved, nurses, chemists, the, the arresting officers. Um, you have to prove a chain of custody, a good blood draw, so many various factors. And usually there are no physical um, observations because the person's been involved in an accident, right. which is why they take him to the hospital to begin with. Mm -hmm. So if you find a way to get rid of the blood, then you've pretty much won your case. Uh, and if it happens to be a hospital blood draw versus a forensic blood draw, what I mean by that is, in a normal blood draw case, the police officer gives the nurse a blood kit for forensic use and then takes it with him to the state police laboratory where they will do the uh, blood analysis. Oh, okay. In a hospital blood draw, they'll, the hospital draws the blood as part of treatment. Sure. Uh, Guys being rushed into surgery right. or, or x-rays or whatever. Of course. And they're being treated by the hospital. And uh, somehow the officer learns that the, the person may have been impaired. They interview witnesses or whatever. So they subpoena the hospital records because it's too late to get a forensic blood draw. Those cases are, are great cases for defense because the hospital can't prove chain of custody. Because right. they're handling these blood and they're giving it to this right. guy or that guy. Mm -hmm. They have no idea who's handling the blood. Sure. And they have no interest in that. They right. have no interest in the justiciable part of this. They just want to treat the patient. Right, exactly. And then, um, or when it comes to laboratory analysis, they don't keep laboratory documents with regards to the analytical doctors. They just print out the results. Mm -hmm. And this guy's BAC is a point, whatever. Um, but they don't. Uh, give print out and save the under stored uh, underlying see. data that establishes mm -hmm. the, the scientific data at all because again they're not doing it for forensic purposes uh, in fact most medical records say not for court use right so these have just been uh, some of the few examples of um, how I've beaten uh, some of these cases well the readers, the readers, the listeners wanted to know, I wanted to know, and now you gave us the answer. I really appreciate you uh, spending a little more time with us today and uh, digging a little bit deeper into a very interesting topic, Steve. I really, really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me again. Have a good day.